Hello, we are glad you're listening to this message by Dr. M. Oladoyin Odubanjo. You are sure to receive God's whole counsel for your life, family, work, and all that concerns you in these contemporary times. Matthew 23. Matthew 23. And, and today, um, like I said, I mean, some time ago, I was teaching on of lipsticks, earrings, and trousers. And I basically ended it, except God said, no, uh, I, I need to put a, a few finishing touches. I need to cross some T's and dot some I's. Amen. Uh, so that we are completely balanced and we, uh, in a sense, get the mind of God on this matter. So are you there? Matthew 23. Matthew 23, verse 23. It says, Woe to you, scribes and Pharisees, hypocrites! For you pay sight of mint and anise and cumin, and have neglected the weightier matters of the law, justice and mercy and faith. This you ought to have done without leaving the others undone. So it says, Matthew 23, 23, Woe to you, scribes and Pharisees, hypocrites! For you pay tithe of mint and anise and cumin, and have neglected the weightier matters of the law, justice and mercy and faith. This you ought to have done without leaving the others undone. Now the point about this, so this is part two of, of lipsticks, uh, herrings and trousers. The, the truth about this is that we have created our own religion out of Christianity. Are you with me? We have formed our own religion out of Christianity. What I mean by that is that what we have and a lot of what we do and we practice is actually not Christianity. It is just our own man-made religion. And what Jesus was trying to point out is that to a large extent, to a large extent, some of these things that we emphasize ought not to be the emphasis of the church. So he was pointing out to these guys that while you are busy emphasizing Tighten of small leaves and plants. You have left weightier matters. Justice, love, peace or mercy. Justice, love, mercy. You have left very weighty things and you are busy pursuing things that are not as weighty. Of course, we took all of that time and we began to lay and to show us that that kind of misemphasis is the real bottom line. Okay, It's not so much as so, as Jesus even said at the conclusion of this verse, this is just a verse to introduce. He wasn't saying don't even tithe here. He was just saying that there are certain things that you ought to become expert at before you begin to lay so much undue emphasis at certain other things. Uh, he was saying you don't, I'm not saying don't do those things. Do them. But ensure that while you begin to emphasize those things, you have become an expert at these other ones. Are you there? So, there are many things that we ought to know as believers. There are many things that we ought to be grounded in as believers that people are not grounded in, but we spend all of our time emphasizing the things that are not. And of course, I gave you the example of where I went to preach, and after all of what God did, all some people wanted to ask me about was why I did not instruct people not to wear earrings. And I thought, why in the world? Are we so misplaced? Why are we not thinking about winning souls? Why are we not thinking about ensuring love in the body of Christ? Why are we not I mean, thinking about people being delivered and we are placing our emphasis upon some of these things that, that are of very little consequence? Are you there? 
And just like we did the last time, I want to take us through a number of scriptures, a few scriptures this morning. Uh, one of the reasons why I'm doing that, and of course this is a bit different from usually I can speak and just talk all through. Uh, but one of the reasons why I'm doing this this way is that you need to read and understand and analyze for yourself. Are you there? These are not issues that you just think you know. These are things that you ought to know so that you are not, like the Bible says, so that you are not tossed to and fro by every wind of doctrine. Are you still with me? I think that's in Ephesians 4 where it says that he gave them, I mean, he gave apostles, prophets, teachers, pastors, and evangelists so that the people might grow and they might be grounded. It says and so that they are not little children anymore, tossed to and fro by every wind of doctrine. I remember years ago listening to a pastor sharing how he had a guest minister in the church and the guest minister spent the day, I mean, speaking about hearings and, uh, uh, and scarves and, and trousers and, uh, and when it was done, he gave an altar call that people should, who want to repent and drop all of their earrings should come to the altar and everybody came, they brought everything, they removed it all, they came and dropped it at the altar. And the next Sunday the pastor got up and he taught like I did the last time. He taught again from the scriptures. And he said, anybody who wants to get his earrings and things to come. Everybody ran again. They went to get all their things back. That's tossed to and fro. Are you getting what I'm saying? You know, and that's the whole idea that you ought to know what you ought to know. Are you with me? So it's not about who said it other than God. Okay? This is not about uh, uh, the, the, the bishop said it. Uh, the superintendent said it, uh, the zonal pastor said it. This is not about any of that, this is about what God says. And when you know what God says, then you are actually grounded. Are you hear what I'm saying? And nobody can put you under condemnation. Can I have an amen? Good. Let's start off from Romans chapter 14. Romans the 14th chapter. I'm conscious that today also we have a Communion, are we ready for that? Romans 14. Romans the 14th chapter. And like I said, the whole idea also is that for everything you do as a believer, you ought to have understanding. Are you there? You ought to have understanding. Now when the Bible was talking in John chapter 8, you know we all like to quote John chapter 8, it says that you, uh, the truth shall make you free. Okay? The truth shall make you free. I may even know that scripture. You know, whether you knew it was in John 8 or not, but you know it. Am I right? So you, at least you've heard it before. The truth shall make you free. Uh, and again, just like many of the things that we like to extract. I remember uh, Pastor Enwai talking to us one day about sound bites. I never had sound bites before. You know, some, sometimes when you come to church, you get educated, isn't it? You know, so I never knew what sound bites were until he, he talked about sound bites. How many people remember sound bites? You don't remember the message. Sound bites. Ah, I remember it very well because I, I, I learned what soundbite meant. And basically, he was talking about the fact that when you take something out of its context, am I right? When you hear just a bit of something uh, and you settle around that thing and decide that that is, you know what it is, okay? That that is a soundbite. Yeah, it's almost like somebody can walk in, say, walk in now, sit down uh, for five minutes, he heard something, then he walks out. And then he says, oh, Setma was saying... Now, the truth of the matter is that what he got was a soundbite because he didn't hear me go from beginning to end to try to tie up all of what I'm trying to say. So he might have picked one thing. Maybe he picked it up and he said, ah, you know, he was telling them that day that they should not tie. 
That's all he had. Are you hearing what I'm saying? So he walks out and he says, Ah, he told them not to tie to. He told them not to tie. If I remember years ago while I was in the university, you know, we, we just organized one program, I and a few friends, and I, I taught, I taught on the, the leading of the Holy Ghost. And I explained and went down an unusual road, actually. I agree that I went down an unusual road, but it was correct. <laughs> Amen. So, but then by the time we were done, apparently, that one day meeting caused a lot of ripples on the campus. And we said they have come with heresy. Ah, they taught all kinds of heresy and blah, 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 blah. So, there's one respected elder who we knew. And, and he, he, he called me one day. He said, look, I heard about your meeting. And I heard that you people were teaching all kinds of things. I was told that you taught a lot of heresy and all of that. And I laughed. So he said, okay, tell me what you said. And I began to share with him what I preached. So the man looked back and said, there's nothing wrong in everything you say. Everything you are saying is correct. <laughs> are you there? Now what was happening is that somebody took sound bites. And, and you know what happens again is that when it's been just reported and then it's reported and then it's reported, they, they create smaller sound bites out of a sound bite. Are you with me? Now, that's, that's a key for life as well. That very often, when somebody tells me somebody said, I don't listen. No. I'm serious. I don't listen. When they say somebody said, I do not listen. In fact, in, in, interestingly, there, I mean, there are many stories to that that I can tell you. You know, but one of them, there's, there's somebody who, I mean, a big man in this country. Highly respected. And somebody had spoken, had given me an impression of him before. You know, the way he just spoke about him. And I ran into him yesterday. You know, at the airport. I saw the face. I kind of, you know, nodded, walked away, and I was like, I began to rack my computer. That, who is that man? I know him. You know, I know him. Uh, and then I walked around a bit, and then the computer finally reached where his file was. And brought it back up. So I went back to him, you know, and greeted him. That, ah, I'm so and so person, you know, blah, blah. And then we began to talk. And he took me, I said, oh, come with me. So when we sat down, we spoke. And believe me, almost everything, every impression of him I had from what I had heard about him was wrong. Rubbish. I mean, I mean rubbish. It's like real rubbish. Tear it up and throw it in the dustbin. Are, are you getting what I'm saying? And that's the way it happens in many instances that when people tell you something, they said, they said, they said, they said it's very dangerous. Are, are you still there? And also, taking it back to what we're talking about, also in most of the things that have to do with doctrines in the body of Christ, for most people what they have are sound bites. They said. Are, are you still there? My pastor said. Our church said. What does the Bible really say? They have no clue. Are you still there? Romans 14, are you with me? Romans 14. We'll start off from verse 1. It says, Receive one who is weak in the faith, but not to dispute over doubtful things. Sorry, I need another translation on that one. Just verse 1 alone now. Verse 1 alone. I need another translation on that. Good. So, receive the one that is weak in the, in the faith, but not to doubtful disputation. That is not to things that are doubtful or things that are in doubt or to things that are about arguments or to anything that brings, uh, you know, any uncertainty or, or has some degree on, of uncertainty with it. Don't even get into it. That's what the Bible is trying to say. 
that don't get into it. So when you begin to find that that is where people want to dwell, there is a problem. There is disobedience there, even to God's word. Are you with me? You know, it, you will be shocked if, you know, that I, I avoid saying certain things. I mean, I know and I hear, you know, uh, a lot of stories about ministers. But I avoid saying many of those stories, generally speaking. Especially only perhaps when I'm with some ministers, I would discuss certain things. Okay? But one of the things that is shocking to me is how sometimes also even ministers are not willing to obey God's word. I mean, it's very shocking to me. I still sat with a pastor this week and I asked again, I asked, you know, because again, another soundbite. I had something about two ministers, you know, and a fight between them. And I, I mean, somebody had briefed me, told me the story, you know. I kept it at the back of my computer. I fired it away. So this week, I sat with a, a minister who knew both of them. You know, so I began to ask him. So once he mentioned the second person, I knew he knew the first man. Uh, and they said, okay, how do we say it now? Let's say Pastor A. Okay? Pastor A is supposed to have offended Pastor T. Uh, are you there? Because Pastor A kind of defrauded Pastor T. So I, I've kept the story be, be at the back of my mind. I just fired it away. And then, so I met this fellow who I knew knew Pastor T. But now suddenly in our conversation, he mentioned knowing Pastor A. So I seized the opportunity and I asked him, I said, oh, I heard that there was something between them. And I heard that this was what happened. So the guy laughed. He said, no, that's not what happened. I said, tell me. So he told me and it was the exact opposite of the story I heard. So I said, okay, one more question. Did you ask both of them about that thing? And he said, yeah, I asked them. He said, not only did I ask them, the only other authoritative third party between them, I asked him. What happened? And he confirmed what Pastor A told me. Are, are you there? Again, be careful. Are you still there? Be careful. Because you could have taken side, oh, Pastor A defrauded Pastor T, but it was not so. At least as far as I know now from any, anyone who could verify from all of them. Are you still there? But generally speaking, avoid, the Bible says, disputable things. Avoid them. Avoid all of the trouble. You know, this old chapter of Romans chapter 14, I'm not sure if I'm able to go through it this morning, but please read it. And all he's saying is that there are certain things that people believe differently. Okay? But people believe certain things differently and they are not that important. Let them believe it as they want to believe it. Are you there? As much as I've shown you, as much as I've taught, that certain of these doctrines are actually not scriptural. Whoever still wants to hold on to it and believe it, let him enjoy himself in believing it. Are, are you still with me, anybody? I'm not going to sit down and start trying to condemn somebody, trying to show him that, no, you, you can wear a ring. No, you can't. No, 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 no. That's left to you. If, you. if you believe that you can't, then it's okay. I can show you from God's word. If you say, no, you don't believe all of that, please enjoy it. Oh no, I must, I must wear this cap. Oh no, I can't afford any dulocks on my face. Fantastic. Uh, are you there? But please also leave the man or the woman who wants dulocks. Because we have seen from the scriptures that it is not a sin. Are you with me? I said, are you there? Romans 14 again. It says, receive one who is weak in the faith, but not to dispute over doubtful things. For one believes 
he may eat all things, but he who is weak eats only vegetables. Let not him who eats despise him who does not eat. And let not him who does not eat judge him who eats. For God has received him. Who are you to judge another man's servant? To his own master he stands or falls. Indeed he will be made to stand, for God is able to make him stand. One person esteems one day above another, another esteems every day alike. Let each be fully convinced in his own mind. You, you, know, you know how real that is? Let's bring that into actual context. You know that there is the Seventh-day Adventist. Okay? What is the old contention? What day is the Sabbath? Uh, are you with me? Somebody say, well, Seventh-day Adventist, are they Christian? Oh, yeah, oh, yeah. But which day is the Sabbath? That's not enough reason to fight. Uh, are you with me? You say, no, the Sabbath is Saturday. No, the Sabbath is Sunday. So our own Sabbath, Saturday, we, 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 we keep it holy. We don't do any work. We, that's the day of our worship. Yeah, praise God. I mean, praise God. I mean, you, you, you esteem that day that way. God bless you. But the key thing here that God is trying to get us to do is to say, don't judge another man's servant. Are, are you there? Now, you, you still understand from the other things I'm going to say, which is basically these things are not as fundamental as we think. That is why we can afford that disposition. Okay? If you tell me that Jesus is not Lord Otio, we can't afford that kind of disposition. You, you understand what I'm saying? If you tell me that, uh, I mean, those, those are, now you are reaching to the real fundamental of Christianity. Once you say Jesus is not the only way, then I begin to question your salvation. In that case, you, you are not a Christian. Are you, are you getting what I'm saying? Once you begin to question the Trinity, then I begin to question your salvation. Because if you don't believe in the Son, you say, how do you believe in the Father? Are you, are you getting me? Then you are reaching to fundamental issues. But these ones are not that fundamental. That's why number one thing God wants us to know is not to have a judgmental attitude about some of those things. Okay, please let me tell your neighbor, say don't be judgmental about these things. And if anybody tries to judge you about it, if they will not sit down and look at the Bible and understand, just smile and pray for, pray for them. God bless you. Thank you. Are you there? But they are not worth the fight. They are not worth the arguments. They are not worth any of the struggles that we have done and created all denominations that believe that they are the only ones who are going to heaven. Over. Are you still there? Number two, Romans chapter 10. No, maybe we we'll, let, let's just stay in Romans 14. Let's stay in Romans 14. Let me show you one more verse here. Look at verse 14. Now, basically, like I said, this is again just a type of a kind of things that was causing division to the Roman church. So, Paul was writing basically to try to explain to them that, hey, these things are not that important. Hey, these things are not like this. However, don't ever get into fights over those things. Okay? Don't ever get into fights over those things. You know, one of, one of the, one of the, I mean, in fact, maybe one of the best known ministers in this country. It's a great, been a great blessing to me. But I've been bold enough to tell people sometimes that you know what he said was wrong. You know he said this, it was wrong. I read his book once, page one. On page one, it was wrong. And I closed the book. I said, this is wrong. And I put it aside. Are you with me? But I love him. 
I listened to him. Uh, uh, like the late Kenneth E. Hagin said, he said, you have to be like the cow. You have to be at least as smart as the cow to eat the A and leave the sticks. Uh, are you there? Somebody say, I'm as smart as a cow. Say it out loud. Say, I'm as smart as a cow. I eat the A. I leave the sticks. So, I don't throw the baby away with the bathwater. Uh, are you there? But I also warn people, because a lot of people, because he's an extreme, he has an extreme personality, a lot of people like to speak judgmentally. He's very wrong. He, he, he ought to teach you what And I say, be careful, because who are you to judge another man's servant? To his own master, he stands or falls. And guess what? He says, and God is able to make him stand. In fact, with that particular person, what I tell people is this. I say, one of, the, one of, one of his greatest attributes is his heart. He has a fantastic heart. I said, so I'm very confident about him that if he goes this way and is the wrong way, soon enough he will find his way back that way. Are you there? And there are examples. How he switches doctrines. How, I mean, it's just like that. That's just him. But if you are stood there and you are just judging and judging and judging, you'll be in trouble. Are you still there? Romans 14. Now, look at verse 14 and we'll move on to the next one. Verse 14, are you there? He said, I know and I'm convinced by the Lord Jesus that there is nothing what? Unclean in itself. Did you see that in your Bible? So all of the arguments, oh, you know, uh, you were teaching the other day about meat. Should we eat salamis? Should we not eat salamis? You know, these are all the areas I'm talking about. So like I said, uh, of lipsticks, of earrings and trousers, it's not just about lipsticks, earrings and trousers. It's about a number of doctrines that, that are similar. By which we discriminate among ourselves. Are you there? So here it says, I know. So again, Paul was using that. We can use this again as an example of many of these other things. He said, I know that there is nothing by itself that is unclean. So all of your arguments, all of your fights, that, that meat has been offered to idol. That's why the body, Paul said, I know that it is not unclean. Nothing by itself is unclean. Okay? But to him... Who considers anything to be unclean, to him it is unclean. So the key thing is, what is in your own heart? Even here, no braggadocio, no pretending, no uh, conforming. If you believe it strongly that where well, they've offered it to uh, uh, a monster, and then they are bringing it, uh, you can't eat salamit, then don't eat salamit. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Me, I will eat and clean my lips. Are you still there? It doesn't mean anything to me. Are you hearing me? For some people now, if you eat it, if you are like that way and you eat it, you can have nightmare. They are chasing your dream. And I'm saying, ah, that man, they are chasing me in my dream. They will chase you. Are you there? They will chase you. Because you don't believe. Are you getting what I'm saying? You don't believe like I believe, so they will chase you. If you believe just the same way, they will not chase you. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Because nothing in itself is unclean. God bless the late Archbishop Idaosa. I mean, they brought, they brought what? They brought, uh, you know, what we call a body sacrifice. They put it in front of his door. His wife woke up in the morning, she opened the door. They are putting it around to Idaosa. Idaosa said, What is this? Ah, it's a sinner. You have food. Eh? And you are screaming. What are you screaming for? <laughs> you know, uh, it, it's the same. Listen, understanding is what makes the difference. I was talking about a soundbite earlier on in John chapter 8. 
The truth does not make you free. Okay? It's the truth you know that makes you free. That's what the Bible talked about. It didn't say the truth makes you free. It's the truth that you know that makes you free. So, he says, in, in fact, in John chapter 8 and verse 31, that's where every time now you want to read that place, read it from verse 31, don't read from verse 32. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Please tell your neighbor, say, he said you must read from verse 31. Tell them also, say, you must quote from verse 31. He said, if you are my disciples, then you will abide in my word. Basically, you will persist, okay, in my word. If you are my disciples, you will persist in my word. Then verse 32 now comes up. He says, and you shall know the truth. So, having persisted, then you will know the truth. Having spent time, having paid the price to study, to know, to learn. He said, you shall know the truth. And then that truth that you know shall make you free. Are you with me? That truth, now that you know, shall make you free. You know how people worry that they had a dream and they were eating in their dream? Whole ministries have been built on these things. Are you hearing me? Whole ministries that people will interpret. If it's Pandayam, you eat. This is what it means. If it's Akara, you eat. This is what it means. If it's F4, this is what it means. If it's Ikokore, this is what it means. I, I, and, and people get up. I ate in my dream. I ate in my dream. Are you fool? That's all I want to know. Are you fool? Amen? Was it sweet? <laughs> Are you still there? I mean, why, why do we worry about things we ought not to worry? It's because of a lack of understanding. That's what I'm driving at. It's a lack of understanding. When you understand, it doesn't bother you a hoot. What happened? I mean, how can anybody sleep? I have to eat pandayam in the train, and because of that, it's running from pillar to post. A Christian. Are you getting what I'm saying? If you are not a Christian, maybe. But ah, why would a Christian be running from pillar to post because he ate in his way? Ah, again, some people perhaps might be looking and he's just talking. No, 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 no. Some of you, I don't have time, but there are stories to tell. Uh, are, you, are you telling me? There, there are stories to tell. Emma once went, I mean, years ago, I was talking. I remember, ah, ah, I mean, that means, uh, may, may, uh, what do you call it you now? May God not, uh, may, may the world, what is the world? Uh, may the word not, you know, get on your case. You know, as it were. But who is the word? That's the exact question I asked. I said, who are they? Who? Who is I? You, you get what I'm saying? We're, we're, running, we're, we're running from shadows. Who, who, who are they? The Bible says you are seated in him. Who are they? The Bible says as the mountains surround Jerusalem, so the Lord surrounds those who fear him. So who are they? And we're afraid, we're running, we're praying, we're, and even the, the devil is giving us fasting period. You understand what I'm talking? The devil is declaring seven day fast for us because we're afraid of him. <laughs> he has to fast and pray. Oh, I, I dreamt last night. Is the devil asking you to fast and pray? It's not God. God, God didn't tell you to fast and pray. You're fasting and praying, hoping that the devil will leave you alone. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Absolutely wrong. You don't fast and pray to ask the devil to leave you alone. You're fasting to the devil. Are you still there? I'm talking about understanding. He says, my people are destroyed for what? For lack of knowledge. Not for the presence of the devil, but for lack of knowledge. Because if they know, then they will escape. Are you hearing what I'm saying? By knowledge you shall be delivered. When you know. Are you still there? Back to what we're talking about. Are you getting anything this morning? 
Okay, go to Romans chapter 10. Romans the 10th chapter. Now, the truth is that this has been proven, of course, by many, many, many heroes of the faith. But by small people like me, I've done this, I've preached this for years, and it's been proven. Are you still there? There are results for it. We've seen people's lives that are transformed. In fact, these days, I, I get people who kind of wake, come back to, how do you call it? They come back to, like, they have a, is it deja vu or what do you call it, that kind of thing? They just kind of go back down memory lane and begin to realize that some of the things that they were taught now that is now sustaining them. That is that truth, that foundational truth. Because at some point or the other, perhaps they were even waiting for you to just be doing all kinds of things. Give them a bottle of oil. Give them one mantle to tie uh, around their belt everywhere they are going out. And you are not doing that, but you are teaching them. Now they are beginning to realize that that is what really will sustain them. Romans 10. We'll read from verse 1. So number one, I said don't be judgmental about these things because they are not that important. Now we are looking at why they are not that important. So number one, they are not that important because you will not be saved because of them. That you wear, you don't wear earrings, you plate your hair, no jerry coil, you wear scarf, uh, no uh, necklace, no lipstick, no eyeshadow, no nose shadow, it's not going to get you to heaven. Can I have an amen? That's not the way. So, it's a form of religion. That's what we're looking at now. Romans chapter 10. So, we said, don't be judgmental and don't get into disputings over these things. Why? Because they're not that important. Why are they not that important? Because, number one, they're not going to get you saved. Romans chapter 10. He said, brethren, verse 1, my heart's desire and prayer to God for Israel is that they may be saved. For I bear them witness that they have a zeal for God, but not what? According to knowledge. They have a zeal for God, but not according to knowledge. For they, being ignorant of God's own righteousness, and seeking to establish their own righteousness, have have not submitted to the righteousness of God. So what happens is that when you begin to operate in this form of righteousness that is not God's own form of righteousness, what Paul was writing about, the Romans are Gentiles, they are not Jews. Okay, So when he was writing to the Roman church, he was explaining to them the problem with the Jews, even up to now. What he was saying to them was that, look, God has established the pathway to his righteousness. What is righteousness? Very simply, it is right standing with God. Okay? Very simple. Simple definition. Righteousness is right standing with God. And he was telling them, he said, look, these guys who are indeed the first beloved, as it were, have now missed God. Why? Because they ignored God's own righteousness, which God has set in place, and they have now established their own righteousness. Every time people begin to establish their own righteousness, they miss out on God's own righteousness. What do I mean? Every time you are trying by some of these works and things to to get at God, you miss out on God's own way to righteousness, which is what? Grace, true faith. Okay? Once you get into the do this, don't do this, do that, don't do that, pray four times a day, uh, blah, 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 you miss out on God's own pathway of righteousness, which is grace through faith. Are you with me? Because now you're being walks. Mm-hmm. Verse 4. Never forget verse 4. Okay? Never ever forget verse 4. He said, For Christ is what? The end of the law for righteousness to everyone who believes. Is the end of the law. Have you ever been to a cinema before? Have you been to a cinema house before? Anybody? 
Yes, I know you have, I know you have, I know you have. Rest your hand, don't worry, we won't be, we're not calling it a sin house, amen? Uh, it's not a house of sin. Uh, you've been to the cinema before. You know when you watch it and you're at the cinema and you're enjoying the film and, and it reaches a point, they write what? The end. What comes after the end? Nothing. That's the end. Am I right? He said Christ is the end. Is the end of the law for righteousness. So, all of the things, what he was saying is that these guys made an error. They were still operating in the Old Testament. They were still following all of the rules. That's how they wanted to get it. Not realizing that Christ is the end of the law. For righteousness. To everyone who believes. Are you with me? And then he explains how. Look at it from verse 5. For Moses writes about the righteousness which is of the law. The man who does those things shall live by them. But the righteousness of faith speaks in this way. Do not say in your heart who will ascend uh, into heaven, who will descend into the abyss, that is to bring Christ up from the dead. But what does it say? The word is near you, in your mouth and in your heart, that is the word of faith. But if you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in your heart that God has raised him from the dead, you will be saved. So what he was basically telling them was that the, this, Christ is the end of the law and the way of salvation is believing in him with your heart and confessing with your mouth. That's what it takes. Are you there? But that is what it takes. It doesn't take any other form of rules and laws and all of that. The basic, of course, what begins to happen is that when he... he, he, he I think we spoke about that the last time, is that what God does is that God changes us from within when we get saved. And then we are now able to fulfill the requirements of the law. That's what Romans chapter 7, again if you get home, read Romans chapter 7, read Romans chapter 8 and read them as a continuum. Don't read Romans chapter 7 and stop there, but read Romans chapter 7 and continue into chapter 8. Chapter 7 began to describe the helplessness of man under the law, saying that, ah, I can't do this, what I want to do, I'm not able to do, what I don't want to do is what I do. Sounds like many of us, isn't it? You say, ah, hey, every time I want to do right, I can't do it. It's all the wrong things I'm, I'm trying to uh, not do. That's the one I find myself doing and he was basically describing the man under the law and he said, hey, who is going to help me, wretched man that I am? He said, but thank God that, that through Christ Jesus we are now able to fulfill the righteous requirements of the law. So what the law could not do in that it was weak through the flesh, he said, God sent Christ, that's now Romans chapter 8, to, so that we could now fulfill the righteous requirements of the law. I don't know if you understand what I'm talking about. That, hey, by trying to obey those laws, to get right with God, you will fall flat on your face. But by believing God, you will have the ability to do the requirements even of that law. Do you understand me? If I set the laws and I say, that's how you have to behave, he says, and you try to do that, to get right with God, he says, you will fail. He said, but if you rather believe in him, then he will now help you and you will even fulfill those same laws. That's what the Bible is talking about. That's what the Bible is teaching. So the emphasis is on my ability to believe God and through the Spirit mortify or kill the deeds of the flesh. Are you still there? That's why I said the mere fact that a lady doesn't perm my hair, wear scarf, no makeup, no nothing, doesn't mean she can't commit fornication. Are you still there? It doesn't mean that's not going to happen. 
The man, I mean, if you like self, you can tell the man. I've always asked, I don't know what it is, but, you know, mostly I don't know why the trouser is always here. You know. But you can do whatever you want. All of those things are people trying. That's man-made religion. You are trying. Trying to get to God. But what God is saying is, just believe me and walk with me and I will help you do all of the right things. Are you there? I don't have any more time, but let's talk about the last one. So we said number one reason why it's not important is that the way of salvation doesn't include all of those things. Okay? Number two, and that's where we're closing it, is because all of those things don't even help you to live right. Colossians chapter 2. They don't help you. Colossians, the second chapter. Are you there? Now all of these scriptures I have not been able to go through because I thought I would go through them verse by verse, actually. But I have not been able to go through them that way, but I believe you are still getting something. And particularly that you are stirred up enough to go and study them. Amen? Colossians 2. Are you there? Verse 20. It says, Therefore, if you died with Christ, from the basic principles of the world. Why as though living in the world do you subject yourselves to regulations? Do not touch. Do not taste. Do not handle. Which all concern things which perish with the using according to the commandments and doctrines of men. These things indeed have an appearance of wisdom in self-imposed religion, false humility, and neglect of the body, but they have no value against the indulgence of the flesh. <laughs> so, the key thing again is that as much as they look good, did they really kill the flesh? Have they really stopped anybody who wanted to sin from sinning? No, they don't. Are you there? No, they don't. If I read First Timothy 3, I mean, Paul was writing about what will happen in the last days. And then he said something. He said there are all these people who hold people in bondage, you know, by their doctrines. He said, and, and people are always trying, and they are always trying to find out the truth, but never coming to the knowledge of the truth. What does that mean? You find out that the people who, not just applying to this, but in many areas, the people who keep coming, if you find uh, a deliverance ministry, or a, um, a deliverance minister, uh, I keep telling people they need to be delivered. You have to be delivered. You have to be delivered. What you find out is that the same people keep de getting delivered over and over again. So they, they keep trying to get to the truth, but never coming to the knowledge of the truth. Because when you know the truth, the truth will make you free. So one of the fundamental problems with it is that it seems like you never arrive. You never arrive, you know. So I, I, I'll deliver from one thing, and the next time I come again, hey, I have a problem, I need another deliverance. Never coming to the knowledge of the truth. Are you with me this morning? I said, are you there? So we have said three things. Number one, about these things. Number one is don't be judgmental. They are not that important. Don't get into arguments over it. There are certain things that are not worth it. And a lot of people who are into it just want to argue. They just want to dispute. And don't get into it. And don't be judgmental about it. And say, oh, look, if, if I enter the town today, and the only church was a church where they recovered their head. In fact, in many instances, I've been to places where 
I entered the church once, I remember I had a face cap. Not you guys. And they asked me to remove my cap. I obeyed diligently and removed my cap. I didn't believe it had anything to do with anything. Are you hearing me? But I removed it. Why? Because there's no point getting into disputes over it. I've worn a hand chain for as long as I can remember now. I don't even know which year to begin to say I've started wearing it. I've worn it for decades. Okay? But I've been to places to preach where I removed it. Where, because I knew that it would get them into trouble. There are people there whose minds will shut down. Even if God himself were to appear to them and say, listen to you, they won't hear. Are you hearing me? So I have made myself conform to it and said, while I'm here, this is the way. Because there's no point getting into an argument. I'm not going to be saying, he said, no. The Bible says, no. So if we quote one, you will quote two. Are you hearing what I'm saying? So don't get into that. That's number one. Number two is that remember that this is not the way of salvation. It's never going to get you right off with God. Okay? And of course, even recently we were dealing with such an issue. I, was, I mean, somebody was reported to me, so I said, oh, I think from what, if I wear all of this, I won't go to heaven. Why do people believe all these funny things? Where is that in the Bible as a requirement? Stand on your feet. And number three, of course, is that it doesn't even help what you would think that is supposed to help. That is going to control somebody. This is the, some of the people who have, who have uh, I know somebody died, you know, a pastor died. In a, he also had a job, you know, somewhere. So he died, he had a job somewhere. Conservative church, big church, big conservative church. Guess what they found out? Pastor had three wives. Hmm? That's number one. Pastor had millions, multiplied millions of naira that were unexplained. That apparently came from his workplace. That pastor has stolen. So what he's telling us is that these things do not control the flesh. Are you getting what I'm saying? That's not the way. So you will think ordinarily that, oh yeah, when you do that, it means that it's a very chaste human being. It's a lie. It's when you know God and you walk with it. One of the scriptures I would wish you know, that I would wish you know, know it, is Romans chapter 8. Romans chapter 8. Where controlling the flesh is concerned. Romans chapter 8. Again, like I like to say, never forget this scripture. Never ever forget it. Are you there? Romans 8 and verse 13. He said, For if you live according to the flesh, you will die. But if by the Spirit, can I hear you say by the Spirit? Say it again. Say by the Spirit. Say it one more time. By the Spirit. But if by the Spirit you put to death the deeds of the body, you will live. He has told you how to do it. You put it to death by the Spirit. What does it mean? You outgrow all of your sins. You outgrow your temptations. You outgrow. Are you hearing what I'm saying? So what you do, when you find that, oh, I have a challenge in this area, or I have a challenge in that area, what you do is that you grow. You feed your spirit, and you will outgrow 
that challenge. So it is, it, it, it is by putting an effort in spiritual things that you will mortify the flesh. It's not just by saying to the player, I made New Year resolution. No, 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 no. no. You will go through the Spirit. It's by the Spirit that we kill the deeds of the flesh. I don't know, just pray this morning and talk to God. Just pray this morning. Tell Him you are going to walk by faith in His Word. Tell Him you are going to grow in the Spirit. I believe God is laying an emphasis on that. Tell Him you are going to grow and grow and grow in the Spirit. Tell Him you are going to maintain a strong spiritual glow. Unforgiveness has to go, I hear. Unforgiveness has to go. I don't know who that is. You are pretty upset with somebody. But you can't afford it. <laughs> you can't afford it. It's going to dull your spirit and dull that spiritual glow. It's not going to happen. You won't be able to be fervent in the spirit. And anything that will not allow you to be fervent in the spirit is dangerous for you. dangerous for you. I'm talking of something that happened yesterday, today. It's not, it's not an old event. This is the recent thing. Father, we give you praise and glory. Thank you for this morning. Thank you for your word. Thank you for your grace. Thank you, Lord, because indeed we will live by the Spirit. We will walk in the Spirit. We will walk by faith. <laughs> In Jesus' name. Thanks for listening to this message. Hopefully you have picked something practical to apply for Victorious Living. If you loved this, then please send a message to admin at totalword.org or 090-93-30-3227 to let us know how this has blessed you. Also, head on to www.totalword.org slash podcast to listen to more. Stay blessed and refreshed till next time. God bless you.